0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghosts in the Night, a hauntings and paranormal podcast. I am Phil Sam. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to check out this podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. I did, had recently had a conversation with Kieran Woodhouse. He's a paranormal investigator out of the UK. He's also a lecturer on the paranormal. He has a new book out, and he also has a podcast that he has called The Paranormal Paradigm. It was a fascinating conversation we cover a vast uh, we cover a lot of topics on the paranormal from investigating to even a concept of a holographic world and we how we can make our own reality it's really fascinating i really enjoyed the conversation now i was sick as a dog for this interview i you know i had a really bad cold i was a little stoned on Michael probably so I didn't do the best job there was a lot of questions I left on the table and I should have asked him when it comes to his philosophies and his investigating techniques so I'm definitely going to have to have him back on again because I didn't do a very good job but it's still a fascinating interview he has some great ideas when it comes to the paranormal field so it's well worth the listen so let's go ahead and get the podcast started Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghost in the Night, a hauntings and paranormal podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Kieran Woodhouse. He is a paranormal investigator, he is also an author, lecturer, and now a podcast host as well. Kieran, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very well, Phil. How
0: are you? i uh, just never better. If I get rid of this cold, I'd be even, I'd be happy. But <laughs> it doesn't. It's not good for audio when you got when you're all stuffy and clogged up. So I might have to blow my nose, but I'll be sure to cut that out. You <laughs> you have you j- recently just released a book. Go ahead and tell everybody about your new book you just released.
1: Sure, my uh, book's titled "An Introduction to Paranormal Investigation," and it's um, it's basically for anyone who's looking to start out into the into the world of investigating the paranormal. Um, because I, I I kind of got a bit um, not not annoyed, but I, I began to get a bit irate with people turning up to our investigations and believing everything that they saw on TV and and things like that. And and it was trying to explain to them that. It, you know it isn't an hour of constant activity that the investigating is you know slightly different to to how it's perceived in 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 the entertainment industry um so it, it details equipment that's used while we use it so they have a better understanding of what they're using um and there's some uh, detailed stories in there and experiences that myself and my team have had over the years as well so it's quite an interesting book um it's my first book so go easy on me um but yeah it's um it it's good
0: great um when it comes to what we'll kind of i want to there's another topic I want to really dive into, but when it comes to equipment as a paranormal investigator what what do you like to use because i 'm personally of the mindset I am the best paranormal investigating piece of equipment there is because I have so many sensors, I trust my experiences more than I trust equipment because as sometimes equipment is designed to Look at other things and detect other things that we are interpreting as paranormal, you know, to where my when I go to a location, I want to experience it, not just, uh, you know, have a K2 meter go off. You know, I want to use all of it to validate my experiences, but I trust myself more than I trust, say, uh, uh, EMF detector or whatever.
1: Yeah, I think um, you've basically answered my question there. It's the best piece of ghost hunting equipment that you can use is yourself because, you you know, you don't have faulty batteries and um, you can't be affected by, you know, kind of other things. Whereas the pieces of equipment that we do use, such as K2 meters and, you know, REM pods and things like that, they're they're all designed for other things. So they're all designed for, for leaky wiring or, you know, faulty microwaves and stuff like that. They're not actually designed with spirits in mind so they can be affected by mobile phones by faulty wiring by things like that so you're never really truly getting a true reading however if you see something you can trust yourself you know that you know maybe you're a bit too tired and you're hallucinating so you know not to trust that but sometimes you'll see something and you know that that was there i've literally just seen that and i believe that that's the best piece of evidence that you can get. If you have a piece of equipment that validates that and backs that up, fantastic. Um, But, you know, if you see something and your K2 meter doesn't get affected, that doesn't mean that you didn't see anything. You know, you did see it, and that's what matters.
0: Right, yeah. Um, You know, paranormal investigating is very tricky because we are dealing with stuff we don't fully understand that's what we do we try to explain the unexplainable and i have really come to i've been thinking really hard here lately about what it is we are interacting with what it is we are really experiencing and that is one reason why i wanted to have you on is because you have a concept or a theory that is fascinating to me and i've kind of been looking into it and that is Kind of the concept of a holographic world. Maybe our reality isn't exactly what it we we think it is. Go ahead and kind of dive into that and kind of explain to everybody. Listen, what your version of the holographic world is.
1: Yeah, um, well, for me, you know, we we kind of create our own universe. So our mind is nothing more than an electrical point of attention that kind of decodes all of the frequency signals that are out there in the world and if we you know see um something and we're all we're doing is is our brain is tuning into that frequency and and therefore we're we're perceiving what we believe that we're seeing and when you understand that we're seeing roughly 0.05 percent of the light spectrum and that's what we call visible light so outside of that you have things such as ultraviolet um infrared microwave all these other frequencies that we can't perceive with our human eyes and our, you know our our, ear, our ears um so that's 99.95 percent of the world that we know of that we can't see so that's 99.95 percent of the room i'm sat in right now i can't see so that do, that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist it just means i can't see it um so for me i use an analogy of a radio station so you listen to radio x it doesn't mean that radio y doesn't exist it's still there you're just not tuning into it as soon as you tune into radio y radio x still exists you've just changed your frequency dial so maybe psychics or mediums have the ability to tune into both stations at the same time maybe when people see a ghost or a ufo or you know even down to cryptids such as bigfoot and things like that maybe what they're seeing is you know there's been a little break in the in the veil of the matrix shall we say and just like when your radio in your car has interference and you pick up two stations at the same time it could be possible that that's what's happening there you're picking up on alternate frequencies and for a brief second you're essentially seeing your frequency and you're also just seeing outside of the the light spectrum the visible light spectrum as well
0: okay um now where does because i've also been kind of kicking around the idea of parallel universes and parallel you know dimensions or timelines or whatever how does this fit into uh your theory Because I've often wondered, when we are out on an investigation and we hear a disembodied voice, we hear a knock, or we see an apparition, is it possible that maybe it's just kind of a a vision into a different or a thin spot? When people talk about portals, maybe it's just a thin spot into another dimension? Or do you really, or do you think this is more about, you know, some alien or some higher being is kind of just we are seeing the world or our world through somebody's looking through the world and uh, through our eyes essentially and they're kind of manipulating or not they're necessarily manipulating but kind of you know we are like the recorder the video camera for somebody's a higher being
1: um i believe that we're all existing in the same world so again i always use an analogy of a block of flats so we live on one floor in this frequency you know in this five sense reality that we're experiencing and um above us you might have aliens and on the bottom floor you might have ghosts and you know that they're there because occasionally you hear them moving the furniture around or you know they have the telly on quite loud Um, and you might pass them very occasionally in the lift but ultimately you can't interact with them because they're on a different floor to you. And that's how I see it. You know, we're all coexisting in this world. We're just operating on, on um, our own frequency levels. So when you talk about disembodied voices, um, a very interesting occurrence that we had, um, we were split into two different rooms next to each other. And some of us heard a growl and it was quite, it was quite evil. Some people would call it demonic and, um, it you know, it kind of sent shivers through us. And we found out that the team next to us were recording on an EVP session. And at exactly the same time that we heard the growl, the EVP recorder had picked up hello. And it was a very sweet, innocently spoken hello. And I, I think what happened there was our human ears on the frequency that we pick up had heard a growl because ultimately that's all that's happening. Now I'm talking to you. I'm literally just barking at you. But the the sound waves that are coming across to you, your mind's decoding it and picking it up as words. So I think that's what happened. We picked it up as this growl, the EVP recorder, which can record you know, in levels that our human ears can't, picked up the word hello. So it's very interesting when that happens because it, it really does help back up this theory that they are just existing on on um, different frequency levels. Right.
0: And like you said earlier, that might be what psychic mediums or people who are sensitive and past, they are able to pick up on they can tap into that level a little bit easier than say the rest of us. And that would explain why some people, you could have a group of people on an investigation and three might have an experience or hear that noise. And you know, three others might not hear anything or have any experiences whatsoever
1: um yeah that's absolutely right we we've we've had it where two people have been stood next to each other and one person's having you know an absolutely brilliant experience they're seeing um look like a person kind of manifest right in front of them and the person next to them can't see a thing can't feel a thing um and what happens there is you have to be careful that they don't call each other lawyers because as we've said before it's a very personal experience and it just means that they're tuning into a particular frequency it also means that they're potentially manifesting that paranormal phenomenon themselves they're bringing it into their own universe because we create our own universe and it could be that they're them they're, they're kind of manifesting it themselves and the person next to them isn't. And that's why people who are always religious will always see Jesus or they will always see a religious figure. If you're into Bigfoot, you will always see a Bigfoot. If you're into UFOs, you see UFOs. And I think what we're doing there is we're ultimately seeing the same paranormal phenomena. We're just manifesting it to fit into our own belief system, um, and, which is an interesting concept um if you could think about that you know it and it would mean that everyone is experiencing the same kind of thing we just call it different things we call it ufos we call it ghosts we call it um religious sightings so that's quite interesting
0: yeah i mean i people always you know from all these paranormal reality shows they always hear about residual hauntings and intelligent hauntings but there there is a third and that is a manifest haunting and essentially, a pol- you know, poltergeist, it's really a poltergeist haunting when a p- people think of poltergeists as in the, the movie where, you know, people coming out, of the, you <laughs> yeah. know, getting pulled through the yeah. television. A poltergeist haunting is when somebody is actually manifesting that activity. It's you know generally yeah
1: it basically just means noisy spirit you know it it's something that could move things throws things around it doesn't necessarily have to be evil right um, or demonic it, it, if a spirit can slam drawers in your kitchen or if a spirit uh, a spirit can move a glass of water on, on on your work surface then that 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 classes as poltergeist activity so for me the word poltergeist it doesn't so much describe a spirit it just describes a particular um, activity that can happen right
0: and with the man being people actually don't think about being able to actually manifest activity their their energy their psychic powers essentially for lack of a better term can cause activity and that it, yeah. that is yeah. why i always you know when i go into an investigation you know i try to keep a clear mind i don't try to be too high too low i try to be you know, even killed. I don't go into investigation looking to find evidence. I go in just with the attitude of what, you know, what's going to happen. Let's, let's find out. Because I'm aware that even I can probably manifest some activity somehow
1: yeah I, I think i think that I, I think if it depends on your mindset as well you know i think if you go into a, a paranormal investigation um scared if you go into it um convinced that you're going to find something bad then i believe that you will manifest a bad spirit i believe that you will have a bad experience and that can translate into everyday life you know if you Leave for work in the morning in a bad mood, then everything bad is going to happen to you. If you leave for work in a good mood, then those bad things won't seem that bad, and, and you'll be all okay about it. And I think that's the same in in kind of paranormal investigations. If you go in a in a good mood, in a happy mood, if you're you know positive about what you're going to experience, I, I think that you can only experience positive you know, manifestations, and, and, and that's what comes across in your evidence. Right.
0: Yeah, because recently I went on an investigation to a, a location where I've been to three, four, three, I think this is my fourth time. And we every time I've been there, things have built. You know, first I've got a, yeah. a shadow figure um, on a still photo, which kind of okay. goes along with the reports, you know. The yeah. shadow figure was caught where people said they've seen it. Uh, we've had lights turn on and off there, multiple no- Ooh, interesting. multiple uh, knocks, bangs, you know, disembodied voices. I mean, it is a very active place. This last time I went there, we went on a Saturday. I didn't have a good day beforehand, because certainly I like to get some rest, because as a paranormal investigator, you know, you it's a third shift job, essentially. <laughs> it really you know, so is. I didn't get my rest beforehand. I didn't get to take a nap. I wasn't in a great mood. When I got there, everything just kind of, you know, I was kind of in that mood where things just, you know, frustrated me. It didn't take much to frustrate me that night. Yeah. And I did not get anything. I mean, that place was dead as hell. I didn't get shit. And I left about three o'clock in the morning because, you know, I had some things to do the next day. So I didn't stay all night. But when I left, apparently the other people stayed. They got some activity. So. Oh wow! Okay, so it's you know, I firmly believe that I, you know, wasn't going to get anything. I, if there was a spirit interacting, he wasn't he or she wasn't going to or it wasn't going to interact with me because it kind of looked at me and said, "Okay, this guy's kind of being a dick, or he's not in a good frame of mind." (laughs) I will wait till he leaves, or I will interact with somebody else.
1: Yeah, I I think that that goes hand in hand with, you know, uh, the reason why sceptics will never see anything, because, you know, although I I do approach an investigation with a sceptical cap on, um, you have to be slightly open-minded, not so open-minded that your brain falls out, but you have to have some kind of open-mindedness. And, you know, I, I know of people that a spirit could literally walk up to them, slap them in the face... You know, speak to them and they still would find a reason to not believe that that had happened right. And what these skeptics do is they they tend to pick on the believers So at the other end of the spectrum you have these believers where every single noise is a ghost Every knock that they hear is a ghost. They don't try and explain it. They, they just believe that it's a ghost And I think the these two different ends of the spectrum are just as bad as each other Because you know the pick that the skeptics that will have a go at these believers don't understand that they're just as bad you know that they're they're, they're they're so far at the other end of the spectrum that they're almost coming for full circle and 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 joining with the people that they you know having a go at. so you have to be somewhere in the middle i believe when you approach a paranormal investigation you have to be open minded but you also have to you know try and explain it away as much as you possibly can and and there will be times where you can't explain what's happened right. and it's then that you have to kind of admit Maybe it was paranormal
0: then. Right now, let me ask you a question. I, I've interacted, I've interviewed, I've been on investigations with, with people with psychic, mediumship type abilities who they believe they are one hundred percent interacting with ghosts. How does that fit into this concept of a holographic world? Is it just maybe they're just misinterpreting what they're they're getting? Or...
1: Um. Well, I think that they basically have, like, a access to a digital radio. Okay. So, you know, I, I don't know if you have it in America, but we have things, you know, digital radio, so we can listen to things that the radio in my car can't listen to. Okay. And, and and I think they basically just have this ability that where they can transcend frequencies, they can go higher, they can go lower, and they can talk to these spirits. Um, I think some of them, I'm not sure, you know, there are some mediums who... Who were in what I called earlier the entertainment industry, right. and when when they follow that avenue, because I believe what's happened with the paranormal industry over the past you know decade or so is is you've we forged two paths now, and you've got the the entertainment industry and you've got the research industry, and um, I tend to follow the research industry, and I think that you have some mediums that have that have gone down both paths. Um, and, and I I do think that they are seeing these spirits. Right. I just think they have the ability to, as I mentioned earlier, to tune into whatever radio station they want and, and listen to that particular song. And, and, and that's the messages that they're pulling through.
0: Right. The only thing with people with those special gifts, sometimes it does irk me a little bit because they're sitting there saying, I'm talking to the ghost of Mary she lived from this time to this time I'm like okay maybe you're I don't doubt you're getting something you are getting some kind of input coming into your brain that I'm not getting but how are you a hundred percent sure that that is what how you how do they you know interpreting it is where the tricky part is
1: yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's a it's a it's a skill. I right. mean, I, I know a a, a, me, a friend of mine that has medium abilities. He's very good. He's he's told me things that are, you know, I'm sure he he wouldn't have known. Right. Um, and he he told me a very interesting story about how he was talking to a guy who, you know, he didn't really know. I think he he'd met him at work, and they were having a conversation, and he kept seeing this little boy about four years old running around them. And he knew that this boy was spirit, you know, he knew that he wasn't a physical body. And this boy came up to him and he opened both of his hands. And in one hand, he he had a coin. And in the other hand, he had a rainbow projecting out of his hand. And, you know, eventually he kind of got the courage to say to this guy, you know, that there's, there's a little boy running around. And he showed me a coin and a rainbow. And after about 30 seconds of, you know, being in shock, this bloke admitted that, his childhood died when he was about four years old and when he was lying in his coffin he had given him his army medal and of course an army medal is something that looks like a coin and the colored strips on the tag look like a rainbow so a child of four years old wouldn't know what an army medal is to a child it looks like a coin right. and it looks like a rainbow and that's what he showed to this medium and the medium had to take that and try and you know analyze it to say, well, what is it you're actually trying to tell me? And luckily for him, the the guy he was talking to helped him analyze it, and they, they realized what it was. But I think you're right. I think some mediums will you know if they're only doing it on themselves, they will analyze certain information wrong, and therefore what we're taking as gospel, you know, when they tell certain things, it might not be true because they might be misanalyzing it. They might not be fully understanding the message that they're being given. And I think it's a true skill of a medium to be able to analyze it and give correct information.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm, I don't doubt they're getting they're getting something. But from my experience, it almost seems like you know when you go into a location, you have to keep that open mind. Sometimes yeah. they don't keep that open mind, and it can. I firmly believe people can actually affect other people's investigation. That's why I don't like to go on investigations with multiple. people you know, a big group of people because we are, I believe it's all energy and everybody's energy can affect that, you know, what you experience, you know?
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, we're all pouring energy into the investigation all the time and, and that's what the spirits thrive on. You know, they thrive on our energy. And as we say, if you go in with negative energy, it can affect the whole group. Like you said, you know, you went there, you had this bad day, you weren't feeling great. And, therefore, the whole group suffered and the whole group didn't begin to experience stuff until you left. And it's it's having that understanding that, you know, if you go as a group, you have to all be on the same wavelength, so to speak. And then you all have to be trying to, you know, aiming for the same goal. Otherwise, it can affect the evidence that you get.
0: Right. You know, so what – how many – Now, I'm assuming you have a group or a team. How often do you go out and investigate and how do you try to prove these theories that you come up with? We
1: have i am part of a team and and we we don't go out as often as i'd like to so what i've started to do is i've started to um pick local locations to myself that are that are free you know people that want me to go and investigate so for example there's a you said you've done this this location four times we've got a a local pub that's close to me and we've done that three times now and we're doing it again next friday so that's you know, that's something that we're, it's a, almost like a case study that we're building by keep going back and we are getting more and more stuff. Um, so at the moment I'm probably averaging one to two a month and that's, that's great. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's really good. There are times where you do feel a bit run down as you know yourself, you, you don't get a lot of sleep. As you say, it's a third shift and, um, you do need a, a couple of weeks off every now and then. Um, but you know, when we go, we, 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 we do research on the location. We make sure that we're taking the right equipment for that location. Um, we anyone that wants to come with us is more than welcome to come with us, and we we just have fun and, and and we try and get as much information and as much data as we possibly can.
0: Right now, do you try to innovate or do you know push the boundaries of experimenting to try yeah. to document?
1: Yeah, I, I think my one of my biggest bugbears with paranormal investigation field at the moment is we've become rather stale. And, you know, we're still using the same equipment that we've been using for years. As I mentioned earlier, you know, we use pieces of equipment that don't necessarily have any scientific proof that it relates to the spirit world. So I tend to, now I'm beginning to use experiments that fit in with my theory to try and back up my theory. And it's not a case of... I've come up with a theory, therefore I'm going to make it work. It's a case of I've had experiences that have made me kind of develop this theory, and now I want to develop it more. So we had an experiment where we uh, had two EMF emitters and we essentially flooded the room with electromagnetic fields and frequencies and we had a radio scanner which allowed us to scan through these frequencies to see if we were picking anything up on these frequencies and what we had was we had, we had an emf we had a REM pod in the room and for the 10 10 or 15 minutes that we were doing this we didn't get a single thing on the emf meter and we didn't get a single thing on the REM pod. we also didn't get anything on the radio scanner so after about 15 minutes, I thought, you know, let's go the opposite way. Let's empty the room of all the EMF and see if we get anything. So I turned off the EMF emitters and within about 10 seconds of of technically emptying the room, um, we had uh, um, activity straight away on both pieces of equipment. The lights flew up to red on the uh, EMF meter and we began to get activity we had knocks we had what sounded like footsteps on the floorboards and i believe what we'd done is we'd blocked this spirit communicating with us because he couldn't operate on any of the frequencies that we were filling the room with and just like if you're at a house party you go to the kitchen the kitchen's full of people you think oh I'll come back later and I think that's what's happened you know he came to the door he's looked in he's like I can't get in there you know there's no way I can operate in there so he's left as soon as we've emptied the room he thinks oh I can get in now so he comes in and he starts to operate with us he starts to communicate with us and we begin to hear things and I think that Again, it's that kind of um, research and that kind of experiment that we need to start doing. We need to start using things that operate outside of our own visual and audible fields in order to try and communicate with these things. So that's the way I'm going at the moment.
0: Okay. That's, I mean, anything you can do to kind of, you have to expand this field. Like you said, it is getting a little stale. We've all been using the same equipment essentially since, you know, the mid 2000s and you know yeah, I, I remember yeah. when the k2 first came about you know but that is kind of the problem a lot of you know like we talked about the root paranormal reality shows they're kind of driving the train if you notice yeah, absolutely all the equipment is based on what they're doing and it's kind of the, that's entertainment that's not paranormal investigating there it's an entertainment disguised as paranormal investigating
1: yeah it is it's um i mean that without getting too controversial you know at the end of the day the, the these people that they, they need they need to rely on entertaining you because if you're not entertained, you don't watch the programs, right. And if you don't watch the programs, they don't make a living. So when, and that's what, I, that's what I really wanted to set out to do when I started lecturing and writing this book is to get people to understand that, you know, you, you, you don't come on a paranormal investigation and have back-to-back activity. You know, you watch things like Most Haunted and stuff, and you get the feeling that, wow, you know, they've literally just turned the lights off and they're getting rocks thrown at them and stuff right. like that. But you need to understand that these people, they're there for six or seven hours at a time, and they have to condense all of their activity into a 45-minute program. So, you know, I'm not saying that they fake everything. I'm saying that you condense all that activity down into 45 minutes. And even then, most of the program is talking and, you know, walking around the location, not actually doing paranormal investigation. So you probably get about 20 minutes of paranormal investigation from an eight-hour, six, seven, eight-hour investigation. So... People would come along to our investigations and after half hour, you could see them getting fidgety, they were getting bored, their attention span wasn't there because they were expecting what they were seeing on TV. And then the other aspect is, again, if they have a quiet investigation, then they... I believe that they're then forced to be to, to try a bit of trickery, to try a bit of fakery, because, again, like I've said, they have to keep you entertained. And if they don't, then they don't have a job and they can't make a living. So you, you need to try and remember this when you watch these programs, that when it tells you at the start, this is for entertainment purposes only, <laughs> they mean what they say.
0: Right, exactly. You know, Their first priority is to get people to watch the show to so they can get advertisers it's not necessary yep. to prove the existence yep. of you know any kind of paranormal activity it's to actually get viewership so they make money their advertisers make money and that's the name of the game and i don't fault them for that i mean i no I no know. no no i mean they brought and one thing i will say you know i'm old enough to remember when you know i'm 46 years old i remember when it was taboo to talk about the paranormal you did i've had yeah i've had experiences all my life lived in multiple houses that had activity and you didn't talk about outside the kitchen table and there were some families you didn't even talk about it then yeah to where you know back in what 2004 2005 when ghost hunters kind of came about is really when it became mainstream and it so i can't blame them i can say they have pushed it into the forefront and into the limelight and opened it up for more people to share their experiences
1: yeah i, I think that the problem is as you say that their their first and primary objective is to make money and as soon as that happens their for me their reliability goes out the window because that now their in their interest isn't about finding ghosts Their interest is about making money and they, do, they will do anything they can in order to do that and unfortunately that transcends into groups so the amateur groups that we have dominating the UK market now there's maybe three or four big big groups you know national franchises that are dominating the market and they're the same it's all about the money they have resident mediums with them on nights that will guide you around the night tell you what to feel tell you what to see and it's all about ensuring that you've paid a lot of money and you're happy with what you've paid for and that you're going to go back again and people that go on these investigations with these groups they they need to have that at the forefront of their minds you know when when they're experiencing things and when they're seeing things they need to remember this
0: right you know and i people need to realize i don't look at an investigation where nothing happens as a failure I, no, it's
1: it's a true reflection yeah. of what happens.
0: Exactly, and, and it is put you with every piece of evidence or every pe- every experience you debunk, puts you one step closer to finding the piece of evidence that is truly paranormal and truly can't be explained. It's kind of backwards from what society thinks it is
1: yeah yeah I mean for me you know you you ninety nine point nine percent of your investigations is you trying not to fall asleep and <laughs> and that and that's really what happens, but the point one percent of the time where you hear a footstep or you catch a shadow on camera there that that's what keeps you coming back for more. And, you know, you think, oh, I want to get two shadows or oh, I want to get more footsteps. And 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 that's what drives you. And, you know, we have people come with us and we try to do a spirit board and nothing happens. And, you know, I always say to them, well, at least, you know, we're not faking it. You know, I could easily push the glass around the board and have you have you believe believing anything that I wanted you to believe. But, you know, I'd rather nothing happen and them understand, you know, that, that that's what paranormal investigating is.
0: Exactly. I mean, that is the hardest thing to get across to people is. You know, it's not exciting. It, there's no money in it, so <laughs> you know you. We do this because we enjoy it. You know, there might be, there is a little bit of an adrenaline pump when you're yeah, there is when, when you're yeah. sitting in a dark room by yourself. You know, asking, talking to yourself essentially, you know, asking questions. You know, there's a little bit of an adrenaline rush because you don't know what's going to happen at any moment. Something could come touch your shoulder so we all yeah. are a little bit of an adrenaline junkies but i'm okay with you know i come from the debunk first mentality if i hear that noise i'm trying to debunk it first and if i can't debunk yeah. if i oh. if i can't debunk it then okay we got something going on here but it doesn't mean you know it's paranormal yet but people just need to understand that and if everybody kind of looked at it that way and enjoyed that kind of investigating and didn't pay so much attention or expect the reality shows type experience it would be much more enjoyable for me anyway i guess
1: yeah, I mean, for me, that paranormal investigating is fun. Is fun enough as it is without the need to fake things. You know, if you're with the right team, you have a good laugh. You know, we went. I went on an investigation last night. It wasn't the most active, but we had a great time. You, and if you have guests with you, you know, you meet like-minded people. You make new friends. And and it's a great social time, you know, and it's, it's a cheap night out as well. If you can get the right location, you know, it's cheaper than going out and spending a hundred pound on, on drinks and stuff like that. So it's, um, it's, 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 it's fun enough as it is without the need to, to manufacture evidence.
0: So what do you have coming up? I mean, I know you just released the book. Do you have plans on writing another book? What do you have any speaking of? Um,
1: yeah so i've got some speaking things coming up i'm not sure on the dates if if people go onto facebook and follow um paranormal paradigm podcast then they'll kind of keep up to date with my podcast and my my um my lecture events around the uk uh i know i'm talking in bristol um swindon and i think leicester and swansea in wales so Um, And that's all over the next couple of months Uh, Book-wise, yeah I I, want to push this book a little bit more Before I think about the next one I think the next one's going to be more about the Experiences of of an investigator so I almost want it to be like a little series, you know, so if someone's picked up my first book and that now they're just getting into the paranormal investigative world, I want them to grow with me and I want them to, you know, then pick up the next book and read about experiences that they might have had while they've started out. Um, so I almost want, the, I want to take them on a journey with my book. Um, so there is plans to write another one, but not in the short term.
0: Now, uh, the podcast, how often is it a weekly podcast? I think it's a weekly podcast, correct? It's, a, it's every two weeks. Uh, every so two weeks.
1: We, we, yeah, we, we've got one dropping tomorrow. So it's every second Monday, basically, we, we, we try to drop. Um, because there's myself and, and my co-host, you know, we've he's got a child. I've got one on the way. And, the, you know, it's kind of we've got jobs. And you have to work around it, don't you, as you know yourself. Um, so we, we wanted to. Do it enough that the listeners were entertained, and they were getting their their fix. But at the same time, it, we needed to give our, ourselves our own space as right, well. Right, right,
0: because it can be a podcast can be a full time job sometimes. It?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, some people do do it for a full time job.
0: Yeah, and I'm actually shocked. No kids have come knocking at my door yet. I'm, it's actually been quiet. I'm shocked, and no no dogs have barked or anything. I'm.
1: That's no, been quite good.
0: <laughs> it's it's been actually a miracle because literally when i hit the call button to call you i was kicking them out of the room (laughs) so i i was almost sure there was going to be somebody bouncing up the stairs well um so your new podcast drops tomorrow everybody be sure to check that out that is the paranormal paradigm podcast correct
1: that's it yeah paranormal it's a bit of a mouthful yeah, yeah. But that's why we chose it you so it kind of sticks in your mind exactly. as you get it so uh, the paranormal paradigm podcast
0: now your co-host is he a member of your team or just yeah
1: so the, my co-host is a guy called ben kelly um and he's he's a, a paranormal investigator with myself so he's part of my team and i've been in like bands with him for years i've known him for years um so we have that kind of that chemistry i guess you know people have commented that they can tell that we're really good friends and i think that helps with a podcast if you're hosting it with someone that you need to be able to bounce off each other and and come across that you know you get on with each other so um it is good chemistry that we've got going on
0: cool cool uh and where can everybody find your book
1: uh, my book is available um, on Amazon, so you can get it on ebook or you can get the paperback. Um, it is on ebook on other stores such as um, Barnes and Noble or um, all these kind of ebook stores that you can get access to. If anybody wants a, a signed copy, please feel free to email me. So you can contact me via the Paranormal Paradigm page or you can email me at kieran.woodhouse at gmail.com. And I'd be more than happy to post you out a copy myself if you just let me know where you want it to go.
0: Very cool. I will be sure to put that in all the show notes. That way they put links to that. That way they they want that signed copy. They can contact you and get that. So where's the next place you're going to investigate before we get out of here? Uh,
1: The next place is, again, we're going back to this pub on Friday. So you know, in about five days time. Um and we've like I say we've done three there now. And it's as you had with that location that you've been building on. We've had more and more activity every time we've gone. We've had different activity that we haven't had before. And there's a proper little case study being built at the moment. Um we're finding out things that that you know that relate to how the building was before and when you do a bit of research you find out that it's true uh, we've even spoken to customers that have died recently wow. and they're still in the pub uh communicating with us on the spirit box and the spirit board um so it's a proper little uh it's a great little location and, and so lucky to have it on our doorstep really
0: great well our uh, best of luck on that investment i hope you get tons of evidence, and we can answer some of these questions. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and I look forward to following your podcast more, and hopefully have you back on when you come across something big.
1: Yeah, it's it's been brilliant. Thank you very much, Phil. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: right, that was my conversation with Kieran. A holographic world is something that I have been thinking about, or... Not necessarily a holographic world, but the fact that, you know, you know, things aren't what they seem. Our reality is, what we think is our reality could be something different. So, and how does that relate to the paranormal? I think he really did a great job at talking about it and explaining it. Um, I'm hoping to dive a little bit deeper into the, this topic, especially stuff like where, that we talked about, the um, how the manifest type hauntings and going a little deeper into that in upcoming episodes but i really hope i can get him back on again to kind of go go over some things again so if you haven't checked out his book or read his book be sure to check it out and get it on amazon i'll put links to everything all of his links whether it be his book his facebook page his email address, I'll put all that stuff in the show notes or in the description if you're, if you're watching on YouTube. But definitely give him um, a listen on his podcast. I've listened to it. Really good. He has a co-host, like he said. Um, it's fascinating. He does a wide r- range of paranormal topics. Um, but definitely check out the book. Give it a read and let him know what you think and follow him on Facebook as well. So that's going to wrap up this episode. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at night underscore ghost and let me know what you think of the podcast leave us a review on iTunes stitcher Spotify however you watch this podcast be sure to leave us a, re- a review give us a rating if you can and also subscribe however you take the podcast in and if you watch the videos via YouTube Be sure to hit the subscribe button there as well and leave comments. I try to respond to all the comments. If you have a question or you have a story, you can contact me at podcast at gmail.com. That is the best way to relate your story a question or what have you. I return all my emails or just send me a direct message on Twitter. Those are the two best ways to get a hold of me. And uh, reach out. Let me know what you think. So, till next week, take care, everybody.